welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. Where there is darkness, war, violence, hate, destruction, and corruption on the earth, remember the state of the world today did not just happen upon mankind out of nowhere, but the root cause of these conditions always emanate from the hearts and minds of individuals. And most of these problems are cyclical, with the same things happening over and over again. Same issues, similar events, same causes, same complaints, with no resolutions, only patches. Because mankind will not let go of those old and negative ways of thinking and being. But until we, as individuals and as a collective, learn to acknowledge the light of our own mighty I Am Presence, and are willing to confront the darkness within our own hearts and minds and rectify it, daring to confront ourselves and change for the better, the world will never experience peace. For positive change begins with the individual, positively affecting their world first, and then it radiates outwards into the atmosphere. And even if we don't see world peace in this generation, Maybe our purpose is to start the process of reconditioning the way we perceive ourselves, each other, and all life. A new way of thinking and being, leading to the elevation of all humanity. Amen. Give thanks and praises for all life. And y'all be loved. I had not intended to explain quite yet the undesirability of any thought or condition of the psychic plane, but the demand compels it to come forth. In the first place, the student must understand that what is called the psychic plane has nothing whatsoever to do with spirituality. It is a faculty of the human consciousness which can be brought into play by human beings who will give sufficient attention to it, but the individual who wishes to reach into the psychic plane alone, either consciously or unconsciously, had better never been born into that embodiment. The fascination of the phenomena of the psychic plane, I assure you, is most alluring, for those whose attention becomes firmly anchored in the psychic plane do not loosen themselves from it in that embodiment, and it may take several embodiments to free them. In all states of consciousness there is a fragment of truth unrecognized, otherwise it would not be possible for it to be sustained, because you must understand that in all things and in all activities, there is some, more or less, of the God energy acting, misused truly, but nevertheless active. Beloved students, while it is necessary to explain this, I want you to make up your minds not to have any fear. 
Within the psychic stratum of thought and feeling is the principal activity of what we know as the sinister force in this world. Sometimes souls with splendid inner attainment, not understanding the true reality of this which I speak, have allowed their attention to become drawn to this stratum because of the premature awakening of the physical faculty, by a semblance of truth being presented to them in some phenomena, enough to hold their attention. After the attention becomes fixed, everyone, without exception, will find the semblance of truth disappearing. The individuals who, through their own efforts, or through instruction being presented to them, get the true understanding of what the mighty I in presence means, that it is the true and mighty self, and hold earnestly to it, never again can they be drawn into those discordant things, unless from their own volunteering from the higher planes of activity, where they know exactly what they are doing. War periods more readily than any other, open individuals to this psychic plane. Consequently it has always been observed that after war periods there is always a greater unleashing of the uncontrolled passion than at any other time. Knowing this should in no wise cause anyone to fear this psychic stratum. If students find themselves conscious of passing through it, they should instantly take the consciousness, I am the controlling master presence, always victorious, and they will instantly find strength to face, whatever appears, and go fearlessly and serenely through. Jesus suggested that this explanation be given while the students were under the triple radiation. This triple radiation means that in his radiation, he always carries with it the triple activity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or the I Am Presence. All who apply the I Am Presence are receiving the triple activity as long as they maintain it, and the triple activity is always self-sustained. Individuals who will cling tenaciously to the I Am Presence need never, anytime, anywhere, ever fear any of these things, because it will correct them and hold them steady on the true pathway of light, up whose golden stairway they may climb with definite precision, into their full dominion and perfection. Beloved Saint Germain Isis Unveiled Chapter 15 Not many years ago, one of the worst of superstitions, scientists held to be that of believing that the murderer's portrait remained impressed on the eye of the murdered person, and that the former could be easily recognized by examining carefully the retina. The superstition asserted that the likeness could be made still more striking by subjecting the murdered man to certain old women's fumigations, and the like gossip. And now an American newspaper, of March 26, 1877, says, a number of years ago attention was attracted to a theory which insisted that the last effort of vision materialized itself and remained as an object imprinted on the retina of the eye after death. This has been proved a fact by an experiment tried in the presence of Dr. Gamgee, F. R. S. of Birmingham, England, and Professor Bunsen, the subject being a living rabbit. The means taken to prove the merits of the question were most simple, the eyes being placed near an opening in a shutter, and retaining the shape of the same after the animal had been deprived of life. If, from the regions of idolatry, ignorance, and superstition, as India is termed by some missionaries, we turn to the so-called center of civilization, Paris, we find the same principles of magic exemplified there under the name of occult spiritualism. The Honorable John L. O'Sullivan, ex-minister plenipotentiary of the United States to Portugal, has kindly furnished us with the strange particulars of a semi-magical seance, which he recently attended with several other eminent men, at Paris. Having his permission to that effect, we print his full letter. H. P. Blavatsky. Mm -hmm.
York, February 7, 1877. I cheerfully obey your request for a written statement of what I related to you orally, as having been witnessed by me in Paris, last summer, at the house of a highly respectable physician, whose name I have no authority to use, but whom, after the usual French fashion of anonymizing, I will call Dr. X. I was introduced there by an English friend, well known in the spiritualist circles in London, Mr. Gladstains. Some eight or ten other visitors were present, of both sexes. We were seated in faux toils, occupying half of a long drawing room, flush, with a spacious garden. In the other half of the room was a grand piano, a considerable open space between it and us, and a couple of faux toils in that space, evidently placed there to be occupied by other sitters. A door near them opened into the private apartments. Dr. X came in, and discoursed to us for about 20 minutes with rapid and vehement French eloquence, which I could not undertake to report. He had, for over 25 years, investigated occult mysteries, of which he was about to exhibit some phenomena. His object was to attract his brethren of the scientific world, but few or none of them came to see for themselves. He intended before long to publish a book. He presently led in two ladies, the younger one his wife, the other, whom I will call Madame Y, a medium or sensitive, with whom he had worked through all that period in the persecution of these studies, and who had devoted and sacrificed her whole life to this work with him. Both these ladies had their eyes closed, apparently in trance. He stood them at the opposite ends of the long grand piano, which was shut, and directed them to put their hands upon it. Sounds soon began to issue from its chords, marching, galloping, drums, trumpets, rolling musketry, cannon, cries, and groans, in one word, a battle. This lasted, I should say, some five to ten minutes. I should have mentioned that before the two mediums were brought in I had written in pencil, on a small bit of paper, by direction of Mr. Gledstains, who had been there before, the names of three objects, to be known to myself alone, viz., some musical composer, deceased, a flower, and a cake. I chose Beethoven, a marguerite, daisy, and a kind of French cake called plombiers, and rolled the paper into a pellet, which I kept in my hand, without letting even my friend know its contents. When the battle was over, he placed Madame Y in one of the two fauteuils, Madame X being seated apart at one side of the room, and I was asked to hand my folded, or rolled, paper to Madame Y. She held it, unopened, between her fingers, on her lap. She was dressed in white merino, flowing from her neck and gathered in at the waist, under a blaze of light from chandeliers on the right and left. After a while she dropped the little roll of paper to the floor, and I picked it up. Dr. X then raised her to her feet and told her to make the evocation of the dead. He withdrew the fauteuils and placed in her hand a steel rod of about four and a half or five feet in length, the top of which was surmounted with a short cross piece, the Egyptian Tau. With this she traced a circle around herself, as she stood, of about six feet in diameter. She did not hold the cross piece as a handle, but, on the contrary, she held the rod at the opposite end. She presently handed it back to Dr. X there she stood for some time, her hands hanging down and folded together in front of her, motionless, and with her eyes directed slightly upward toward one of the opposite corners of the long salon. Her lips presently began to move, with muttered sounds, which after a while became distinct in articulation, in short broken sentences or phrases, very much like the recitation of a litany. Certain words, seeming to be names would recur from time to time. It sounded to me somewhat as I have heard oriental languages sound. Her face was very earnest and mobile with expression, with sometimes a slight frown on the brow. 
I suppose it lasted about 15 or 20 minutes, amidst the motionless silence of all the company, as we gazed on the weird scene. Her utterance finally seemed to increase in vehemence and rapidity. At last she stretched forth one arm toward the space on which her eyes had been fixed, and, with a loud cry, almost a scream, she exclaimed, Beethoven, and fell backward, prostrate on the floor. Letter to be continued. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 This is the way, precious ones, we fulfill those great words of the Master Jesus, Behold I make all things new, by this flame of victorious peace of eternity. When my flame comes in at that command, the old dissolves and the new becomes permanently established in its ever-expanding perfection. And this you must have, dear hearts, before you can bring certain things into outer use that belong to the new cycle, that belong into outer physical action for those who will remain on the earth in the next, in the whole incoming cycle. Now your own worlds, precious ones, can just as well become this peace now, if you will so decree it, as to still be the outpicturing of the result of mistakes of the past. If the mistakes of the past have produced discord in the present, well, you are all authority to reach out and take that discord and transmute it by your violet consuming flame which purifies it. And then as you acknowledge that, I am the flame of the victorious peace of eternity that now becomes the perfection of all I desire in outer physical action, and keeps the door locked for eternity against any future mistakes. Then, everything you do today will build that manifestation of the divine plan's fulfillment, and becomes eternal in its great blessing to you and through you to the world. Oh! When the world is seething with war, my dear ones, this command is very paramount in its blessing to those who will give it. You might stand amidst the wreck of worlds, and if you gave this command, you would be held at peace. I use that expression, but there is no such thing as a wreck of worlds. That's an expression you use in the outer life. You might stand amidst the wreck of physical things, but you would stand untouched by them so long as you give this acknowledgement. And it is to the degree that you demand this into outer action that we can be of greater assistance to you by sending those of angelic hosts who will bring us intense in action from time to time, as the condition in hand requires. Beloved Elohim of Peace When the great beings of the angelic host offer the blessing of their love to hold those flames in a condition until the condition is dissolved, great is the joy, my dear ones, when they can come close enough to earth to compel that change to take place at your own conscious command. They are beings of love, and their service is to love alone. Therefore, when through love you call forth for their presence to come and help establish this in the outer physical octave, that it may become the eternal peace of the ascended master's great world, their great realm of activity, well, the great beings who have waited to accomplish this for so long send the angelic host. And their joy is boundless the moment they begin to accomplish this which has to be done in the outer in order to anchor certain power that is constructive in the physical world, to hold the earth itself from shattering to pieces. So, your call is vitally important, quite as well for your nation and the world as it is for your own individual affairs. Send your love to the beloved seraphim and see for yourselves the love that comes back to you. Make your calls to the angelic host for their victorious love to come into the outer physical manifestation that holds command for eternity. Call their love here, as well as pouring your own love into a condition and see for yourselves what their service is. See what their power of love can produce. 
See how real, how practical, how sensible, and how powerful is the love that they can direct, and the love that should be everywhere in the world. Beloved Elohim of Peace